Hey awesome nerds and welcome to D&D and TV, the weekly podcast where we rewatch and recap television shows we really enjoy and talk about how the themes, concept and characters could be used in different role playing games. I am your host Jeremy and joining me is my co-host Afif who uh, doesn't have anything, he's not doing anything weird or wacky this week because we're doing the wrap up episode. I'm just not sure if I'm a pirate or a ninja, that's, I just can't, I can't figure it out. Can't you, well it really should be pirate, ninja or cowboy. Like, those seem like the three options. Like, you can't just have two. Are there cowboys in One Piece? I don't know. Are they ninjas? I guess, oh, yeah, Zoro's a ninja, assume. isn't he? <laughs> yeah, kind of. Zoro's kind of a ninja. Yeah, and everyone else is a pirate. Are they, like, enemy? Is that what, like, the whole Barack workshop isn't is? The one, There's gotta the one be. one that Kobe was originally on a crew with? She was kind of cowboy, cowboyish. I guess. Alavida is her name. At the end, yeah. Yeah, Alvita. I that end sequence was just so. Guess what, guys? We're getting a second season. That's what it felt like to me. Anyway, well, it, was, it wasn't like it was like wishful. It was like we're not sure, yeah. but we're, we're hoping. Look, if, if this is uh, we're setting all this stuff up, you guys, we've got more plans. Honest, it's not going to be uh, one and done. Which you know what? It's not. It is going to have a second season. Well done to them. Netflix does usually two seasons and then three seasons, the technically. Yeah. yeah, three seasons and three and out. Which uh, I'm trying to think of something clever to do with that one, and I can't. But that's fine, um, because we are doing the wrap up episode for One Piece, the Netflix 2023 series, uh, which is really good. We really enjoyed it, didn't we, Afif? Um, we thought yeah, that was clever yeah, and funny. And we're never... Okay, here's my statement now. We're never doing the anime. Never. Never? Be, never. It's too much. It's... I mean, it's so much free content, right? It's so much to talk about. I know, but it seems like it's mostly movies. Like, judging by my... Uh, my, my Netflix... I have no idea. I honestly, I can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, so instead, we're just talking about the series in general. Uh, and we're answering some questions from um, you wonderful listeners. Um, so, you liked it, uh, Afif. I liked it. Um, what was your favourite moment? Ooh, that's a, a, a very obvious question that I should be better prepared for. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we we I... pride ourselves on being professional on this podcast and having everything written down and prepared in advance. I think... Oh, that is a really good question. I like the kind of camaraderie. Right? I like the back and forth between Sanji. I, I really like Sanji, I guess. So Sanji's pretty there. fucking cool. Yeah, I like his back and forth, especially with Zoro, I think. I'd be willing to say that my favourite spot is that fight scene at the very end with the Fishman, yeah. where it's Zoro and, and Sanji. Yeah. yeah, basically just doing their best Xena impressions. Yeah, it's, like it's here's a bunch of... Here's a bunch of bad guys. Like, here's a bunch of mooks, right? Just beat them up. Yeah. Show off a little bit. It's great. Yeah, and we've got, um, you know, we've set it up in this, what looks like basically the the hotel pool, <laughs> like the resort pool, right down the road from where we're all staying. Uh, we're just gonna we'll do that. Yeah. They would have to hate that pool, right? If you're like a fish person. Why? Why? Well, is it because it's like fake, right? It's like if you go into like, if you like lived in an IKEA house or whatever, and it's just like you know the TV is not a real TV or whatever. Like, I guess I hadn't thought of it like that. 
Yeah, like a huh. pool, like an artificial pool is gonna be awful compared to like you, an actual body of water. You wouldn't think it's like a tent, like they're camping in the pool. Nah, I don't think so. That's interesting. All right, yeah. Huh. All right. Well, speaking of um, of the fishmen, uh, we've got our first question, uh, which is from Fish Karate Kid, uh, who who wrote to us um, via Blue Sky. Um, and they want to say, well, Fish Karate Kid has said, uh, the map to the Grand Line is a big deal in the One Piece plotline. Do you use physical maps in your games? And I'm assuming from, from this question also, are maps important in your games? Um, Do you use I maps? mean, I play mostly online. So when I'm playing online, I don't use physical maps. <laughs> right, right, right. Because you're like a, a digital, like, I'm trying to think of a slightly... Um, Slightly insulting term for someone who's online all the time. Like a... A nerd. You're a digital nerd. Honestly, you're spoiled for choice. I know. Whereas I I cannot stand playing online anymore. I'm sorry. Maybe it makes me a Luddite or old, but I can't. My brain doesn't work that way. It's just convenient. It's, you know, like when people always talk about like, oh, you know, we only got like three sessions into the campaign before it fell apart it's like play online you know it's easy people will show up that's never why my sessions fall apart oh. it's not about scheduling oh, like i've had a, a camp <laughs> yeah yeah no i've had a, a campaign that was purely online and the scheduling was still an issue i just saw the the text chat from it today and it literally was can't make it this sunday how's next sunday no not good for me two weeks and that's it. No, no one ever responded out of the five people that were paying me to run games for them. Well, well, and I was like, I, you, look, I'm quite happy to just be here and take your money. But <laughs> yeah. Um, um, back to the maps. Anyway, back to the maps. I, I like maps. I think they're really pretty. Um, I got whole, I got for in-person games. I have these like big books full of maps, um, mm-hmm. which I guess as like kind of a side point for me when I do encounters and stuff, I like to start with the map and then build, yeah. kind of like reverse build it from there. Whereas I know some people have like a really clear idea in their head of how they want an encounter to be. And then they design mm. the map based on that instead. Yeah, I'm a little mix of the two because I like maps um, for encounters as well. Um, but there are a lot of times when there's an encounter and I'll just make it up on the fly. Like, I'll have no idea what they're going to be fighting. Like, oh, you kind of want a thing here. But yeah, I'll also do big boss fights where it's like, no, no, I want the lava to really be there and for them to have to jump between stepping stones to to get apart across things. Like, we were kind of talking about this in the last episode where they had the environment of the pool that they were doing. it. But being able to put that down in front of the players and say, this is the environment around you. Like, I, I love that. Like, that's... That's the kind of game I enjoy. Because I think one of the nice things about having... If you have just like a map that's already done, right? And it could be like digital, whatever. Like there's a lot of... There's a million building maps Mm. that other people have made already. There's a lot of stuff that like you don't consider until... Like you don't consciously like plan around it. But then as you're playing, you know, your players will be like, Oh, what's this thing? Like, is this a ledge? Can I get up there? And you're like, yeah, Yeah. sure you can. Of course you can. That's great. Yeah. Um... What was I going to say about maps? Yeah, they've got they've got such flavour to them, which is just so fun. I do find that combat 
when there's a map does become a little bit slower um, as people start to think a little bit more tactically and less, I guess, cinematic fantasy. They're like, okay, now now I've got this thing in front of me. Well, I don't want to move into that square because then I'll get an attack opportunity. Whereas if they were in in theater of the mind or something, they could just say, can I run over there? And you go, yeah. Or no, because you'll get attacked. Like, it's so much easier to do that. And suddenly it's like a turn's taking longer because of that. And yeah, I'm a bit torn on that one. I'm wondering- Some some players like it, that's the thing. Like some players- Yeah, some players do. Cross over that, yeah. Well, that's the- I have difficulty imagining the space, right? So they kind of need the the map. Well, that's me. I have difficulty imagining the space unless there's a- A physical, (laughs) unless it's a physical or visual thing for me. I have no idea where anyone is. I get lost. Yeah. Like I, even with people describing and saying, okay, I'm going to go through this doorway. I'm like, how wide is this doorway that we're all fitting through it? Like, can we all do this? Am I going to be stuck at the back because everyone else has already gone? And I assume the game master is going to know and have that answer for me. But I just, yeah, I lose track very quickly of where everyone is in that kind of situation. Um, so I, I need those, even if it's just like a little, not a diorama, but a little drawn up map and just say, these are all the places. And I go, okay, once I have that done, I can imagine where people are, but I need the, I guess the layout of somewhere first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, one of the things you can do just like in terms of if you're running theater of the mind and you want to like simplify things down, mm-hmm. you can just like instead of having to deal with the, the, if we're using like 5e as an example, instead of having to deal with those like specific numbers of like, oh, 30 feet away or 60 feet away, you can just yeah. think of it in terms of like close, far or like super far, for example. It's like, if you're, yeah. if you're a melee character, it's like super simple because it's basically either either they're in melee range or can you reach them this turn? Or like, if, if not, how many turns, right? It's like, oh, I'll reach them mm. in two turns. So you get like mm. an idea of, yeah. Um, so you don't need to worry about like those kind of specific exactly how far. Um, but then I know some players they don't like that because it feels like oh like I'm I'm a barbarian I've got like the ten extra move speed like I want that that ten extra move speed to count for something you know like. But if you remove that as a mechanic, then you don't even need it. If you can just say well I can move two zones, in yeah. in combat on my turn rather than just one like everyone else. It's like well yeah now you've got that same ten speed, but you're not confined to a grid I'm saying also, something that comes up very rarely but like when it does you realize how sort of busted it is but it's like the mm-hmm. range on a longbow like yeah and it's like okay we're not gonna sit here for like 30 turns as you just like YOLO shots at disadvantage you know um, <laughs> just like one it's one of those things where longbows yes they could fire that far and they were effective but when you were firing like 60 of them. So when you're just like taking that pot shot with the longbow at, um, at long range, it's like that shouldn't hit anyone unless you're legless. Yeah. So it's 600 feet is the longbow long distance range. Yeah. So if you've got like, if you're the enemy is like charging at you and they're dashing 60 feet a turn, that's still like 10 turns for them to get up. Yeah. And like, and while everyone else is just sitting there like twiddling their thumbs. It's also a case of you can literally see someone dimension door away and take a wild stab and go, well, I don't know where he, I kind of know he's over there, roll disadvantage and still hit them. Yeah. 
I guess oh yeah the kind of benefit of a map is that you can add like limiting factors right you can be like yes. oh this is as far as the map goes uh, you can't run that far away you know like sorry yeah. wizard you're <laughs> you're stuck in that corner there's an invisible wall <laughs> yeah you, you can't go any further your, your screen goes blurry and it says like turn around you're leaving the play area <laughs> You were going into the real world and could no longer play D and D. Yeah, I bring up the the zones idea because I know that's something that the Star Trek role playing game uses, and I think a few of the other Modiphius ones do, where the actual scale doesn't matter. You just have three zones, like near, close, and far, or you know that many zones, and you basically just delineate those at the start of combat. So that yeah. way you can be like hiding behind, you can just have it in an alley. And obviously close is like right up in their faces. Near is, you know, they're at the other end of the alley and you can shoot. And then far is like so far away that it's not worth, like they're going to get away at that point if they yeah, run. I think the other thing, like if it's designed, especially if the system is kind of designed around that as well, yeah. um, you can add elements. Because I think what some people are concerned about is that it removes you know like tactical depth i guess but then like yeah. you can add that in other ways right that aren't so crazy yeah. or you know so you can have a, a a um a fire escape that you can shoot down and it lands on the people far away and it's like well yeah. you're using the environment now or you can sneak around the back and yeah there's a lot of ways you can do it um now i want to actually talk about like real like in-game maps as well do you find that there people want to see that kind of stuff or is it more just you get a map now you know where to go Oh, um, I mean, people love maps. I think that's the short. They do. At the end of the day, yeah. that's the short answer. I think people just love maps. Because I guess we've been talking a lot about more battle maps rather than yeah. kind of like region maps or like directional maps. I think even the people who don't like the maps as a battle map throth over like a rolled out map of, and this is where you are, and this is where you've traveled to, and like, oh, this is the forest that you might be ending up in, and yeah. And that, what's down um, there? What's that coast thing. area? Speaking of maps, um, I was reading up on some uh, Aurora Age of Destruction by Ghostfire Gaming. Um, oh, yes. Yeah. And they got a cool thing. It's like a post-apocalyptic kind of fantasy. And, like, the world's been, you know, kind of shattered a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. but as you're playing it, there's no, like, defined map of the world that the players are given. Um, mm -hmm. But they're given, like, a blank hex grid. And so as you're playing, they, like, literally fill out the map themselves and, like... Um, you know, they're, they're, they're cartographers as they're playing. And that's, I think that's really neat as well. It's a neat approach. That sounds, that sounds really cool. Yeah. They make good stuff. I like that Ghost because, Gaming. yeah, Ghostfire Gaming. This broadcast not brought to you by Ghostfire Gaming. <laughs> this time. Um, yes. I, there's a similar style in um, the RPG Forbidden Lands. Where it's the same sort of hex. Uh, but there are certain, like you do as a game master, get the full map. And it's not so much like, this is where the fog disappears and you know where everything is. It's like, this is kind of where this guy hangs out. So if they're traveling in that direction, they'll probably come across him. If, this is where the coastline is. Um, so you're more likely to get like watery monsters and maritime monsters in that area. And so it gives you that idea, but the rest of it's like, just roll to see what they find out, because no one knows what's here. Yeah, exactly, yeah. 
but yeah, I love that that idea of it's just it's hexes and you can just put whatever you want in there, by, and that's a world to build yourself. That's very yeah, cool. Thank really you, Ghostfire Gaming. Yeah. I am definitely going to look in that book that I have. All right, let's have a uh, another question. Yeah, we talked about maps a lot. We did. We did. We do. Everyone loves maps. Everyone loves maps. Uh, let's take this question from again from Blue Sky. Uh, this is from Riz King Sanji. Um, <clears throat> how would you portray Luffy's stretchy gum ability in D and D? Um, well, first of all, I, you know, I'm not sure if we did we talk about it on the podcast, but what Riz? Oh, we might have. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was definitely on the podcast. I don't think we we that was before the episode. Otherwise, why would this person called Riz King Sanjay have written into us? So do you mean, like, somebody wants to have this ability, and it's like, how would you incorporate that, or...? I think that's what they're saying, yeah. Because you, you do have some stuff, like, you've got, you know, the bugbears have, like, breach, and then you get, like, yeah. a polearm master feed or whatever, and then you could just say that that's kind of... <laughs> well, that's, that's, like, just a stretchy arm, but when he, like, blows himself up and re- reverses the cannonball back at the ship... That Garp throws at them. It's like, well, how do you, how do you portray that? Did we say Luffy's a monk? I think we said Luffy's a monk. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, I guess that's catch missiles, isn't it? That's yeah. That's the um, yeah catch missile, and then you can throw it back. Yeah. So you would just like, I don't. I guess reskin is probably the the right word for it. Monks? That you just take all the existing abilities. Extra reach, or I don't think so. You'd think they would, given how important that is, but... Yeah. I mean, I guess they move fast enough that they can do it. That's true. Even that See, I'm thinking... Flavor, instead of them, like, moving around zip up in the battlefield, just say they have extra reach, like... Yeah. See, I'm thinking... This is The, the problem is that they've said D&D. I'm thinking the, the Marvel role-playing game. It's like, that's easy. Like, there's... Very easy design for for creating Luffy in that. Yeah, power set. Yeah, yeah. I'm wondering that is is One Piece more a superhero game? Although from our brief experimentation with that, it seemed pretty strong. (laughs) Yeah, that seems like a pretty good way of adapting it. Um, So wouldn't use a different system, Um, but (laughs) I think what you was no, I think it'd be uh, like kind of. Factoring in a couple of spells as well, like maybe buff up Mage Hand or something. To oh, you know what? There's um, there's in Critical Role. There's the lightning gloves that allow basically them to do ra- like melee attacks at range. And maybe it's just that it's like you have a range of this when you make a melee attack, instead of instead yeah. of a different ability. I think the reach is probably the big. I mean, I don't. I'm. I have limited exposure to One Piece, so I'm not sure what other things he can what do. What else can do. Apparently, he, I mean, I guess, he's got poison resistance, so there's that. I get, well, his, like, durability as well kind of plays into the, the monk, you know, patient. Defense, yeah. like that. And just give him resistance to, like, bludgeoning damage. And evasion. Monks get evasion, right? Or something. Yeah, I think monks get evasion. Similar. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, uh, Risky. Um, so next, this one's coming from, from Instagram. Um, which is Zero Sum Platypus. Uh, and they have asked, are you a pirate or a ninja? Oh, hmm. This is the the age-old question. Thank you for, for that, Zero Sum Platypus. Uh, I'm a pirate. You reckon you're a pirate? Hell yeah. I'm quiet like a ninja, but I'm a pirate. Arr, I'm a motherfucking pirate. 
what do you define what do you think are the key kind of traits of a pirate that you a pirate a pirate wants to believe in freedom according to one piece and also uh to live and let live but if you want something you take it you're not beholden to any master I guess that's true. And I would argue that the first point you made is very specific to certain types of pirates and is not yes. a universal pirate trait. Sorry, I... <laughs> I'm sticking with his pirate voice for the rest of the I question. Guess, I guess it's a thing where, like, like Luffy calls himself a pirate. Like, maybe other people wouldn't he does. be a pirate, but he identifies as a pirate, so... Well, what makes him a pirate? I mean, he's got a pirate guess... boat, he's got a pirate flag... I guess that's a pirate. The fact that he just doesn't care what other people think is also a very well, pirate thing. He doesn't follow the world government's laws either. Alright, yeah, Luffy, yeah, okay. Luffy's a pirate. Um, I think I'm more of a ninja. I think I'd I, agree with that. I obey the law too much. Um, Aye. Aye, you're one of them. IRS yeah. <laughs> It's definitely the IRS in Australia, right? Yeah. Alright, it's hurting my voice now, so I'm going to do a different a different question. Um, this one's from Boggle Butt Bacon Breath, uh, who has asked, how do I send questions to the podcast? Um, which is very odd, because I emailed this in. Uh, but the answer is, uh, you email them to dndntvpod at gmail.com. Um, so so th- thanks for that. Um, I should have got you to answer that, actually, shouldn't I, Faith? Just oh, to, to prove I, that I you knew it. I would have had an answer to that, so... I don't think you would have. Yeah, I say it often enough. Um, so we'll go on to the next question uh, from Gum Gum Nut Punch, uh, which was also an email. Um, who, and they have asked best and worst parent figures uh, in the series. Ooh. Huh. Um, I forget his name, but is it just Shanks? Or is it like Red Hair Shanks or something? Doesn't even... I think it's just Shanks. Um, he's, he's solidly up there i guess like i mean i think in um in world he's called the straw hat pirate until luffy starts to take over that position but yeah otherwise he's shanks i don't know i shanks is pretty good i mean he gives up an arm for luffy that's true i think luffy but then (laughs) yeah luffy definitely not a good parent i I feel like we're talking about like the you know (laughs) he would just like let them eat ice cream and like I think obviously Luffy is the child in most situations. I mean, like in the the four or the core five characters who have all their oh, parent figures Sanji. around. Sanji would be a good parent, I reckon. Okay, that's that's not what I was saying, but yes, okay, he would be. Um, <laughs> he would feed them, you know. <laughs> yeah, but is that how he shows affection, or is that just something he does? Like, is he? Because <laughs> we saw that Zeph and and Sanji not great at actually communicating. Like, he'd just cook them a meal and go, here you go, eat this. He'd never actually say he loved them. And his womanizing's a bit of a, a concern as well. Like, that's no st- stability for a kid. Um, but talking about the older generation, which is what I was trying to actually make the question about. <laughs> so, you think Shanks. You think Shanks' good dad. Uh, he's, he's probably up there. I, I think what right. I'm realizing is that in most kind of adventure stories, there's not a lot of positive parental figures. It's true. It's very true. Uh, I mean, there's a few. There's some. 
it just depends on what media you're watching. Like Aunt May in many, um, in many iterations is an amazing parental figure and Uncle Ben as well. It's all Marvel in this is brain, isn't it? Um, and then you got, well, other Marvel, you've got Yondu. It's like, yeah, that's a positive role model for him. I think he's still a poor communicator. Well, yeah. Like, he's still got to have some sort of damage. Um, Han Solo, probably good dad. Uh, is he? No, probably not. He wasn't a great dad. If you're going to call Sanjay womanizing, I feel like I have to... <laughs> Are you saying that Han Solo broke his wedding vows? I, I just think there's a lot of Harrison Ford characters from that time that have not held up. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, I'm just trying to think of other other instances in fiction where a father is actually around. Like it's always. I don't know. There are some. There's good dads. The the dad from uh, Frequency, very good dad. Um. Yeah, you're not missing much. Um, well, what do you no, mean by Dominic, like Dominic Toretto from The Fast and Furious? Is he a dad? I mean, he doesn't have to be a dad to be a father figure, you know. Like, That's true. It's all about family. Yeah. I was going to say uh, Joyce Summers from Buffy, like she's and and Giles in the same show. So they're good parent figures. Ah, uh-huh, I thought you were going to say Joyce from Stranger Things. That's another one. And obviously Hopper. Hopper's a bad dad, though. I know. Come for me. Come for me. Internet? I don't care. He's a bad dad. I mean, he's an 80s toxic masculinity. Steve, Steve's a good dad. Yeah, Steve's a good dad. Okay, but let's go back to One Piece. <laughs> um, all right, so worst parental figure. Like, is Axehan Morgan just like a really shitty dad? Is Garp an abusive Which grandparent? Is Zeph actually a good dad? His heart's in the right place. Same with Zeph. Um, yeah. Probably Arlong is the worst. <laughs> yeah, Arlong's not it's a great a parent. Fruit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's not great, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of absent parents. I love that they have parental figures, but no actual parents, for most part. Like, Luffy has Shanks and Garp. No mention of what his actual parents were like. Um... Sanji was just given to a ship, apparently, and Zeph found him. Like, there's no mention of where his parents are. Nami is adopted. Like, she and... What was her, her sister's name? Nijiko? No, yeah, Nojiko? No, Nojiko. No anyway, they were found on a battlefield by a marine and rescued. Uh, Zoro is apparently just, like, sprouted out of the ground. And at least Usopp has a dad. Like, who's absent. Oh, that's right. That's right. His dad's with um, Shanks. Yeah, his dad's with Shanks. Which, again, is like, has, where's he been his entire life? His mother died in front of him, but his dad's just off yeah. being a pirate and having fun. Yeah, that's definitely like a... That's a cute kind of, like, DM weaving the backstory together. Like. Yeah. Yeah, by the way, you two should be best friends because your dads were best friends. What? Yeah. What, what, what? So, uh, yeah, that's... um. Oh, I didn't pick a best dad. Um, hmm. I'd want to. Who's my daddy? Yeah. Uh, I mean, best dad in any fiction is um, Keith Mars from Veronica Mars. But um, in One Piece, I'm tempted to say Zeph. Like, Zeph's a. 
Zeph's my type of fictional father where he does let Sanji go off and do his own thing, but it's just so poorly communicated that it seems like they're fighting. And... Oh... Yeah, I'm going with Zeph. Sure. Yep. I'll, I'll stick with Shanks. I think Shanks is a super big. Shanks is a, it's a pretty good one. Like, this isn't like, going to be good dad Bart Bass again. That's a, that's a deep like cut. I feel like would be as the father. I don't think he'd be a great dad. I feel like he's a little bit too... He's too standoffish. Yeah, probably. Like, he's a little bit too self-absorbed. Yeah. He'd be very strict. Um, that, yes, that's, that's what you want in a daddy, not in a dad. Uh, so, thank you, Gum Gum Nut Punch. Uh, we'll take another question, which is from Doug, but not that Doug. Um, which is, what would your pirate crew be called? Ooh, that's a good one. Because <laughs> um, what have we got? We've had the Straw Hat Pirates. We've got like the Black Cat Crew. Are you having like, um, a theme to yours? Like, I feel like you got to. I'd be like the like, the uh, the low rollers or something. The low rollers, the low hanging fruit. <laughs> Just it's like, well, low. <laughs> This is kind of what, what adventuring groups do with their, their parties, don't they? Like, you've got to have some sort of name for the band of heroes going around. Yeah, but I like the idea of, like, you build up this notoriety of, like, not being very good at your job. And so people underestimate yeah. you and then you rock up and it's like, actually, yeah. Actually, we're awesome. Yeah. Um, oh, this is a tough one. What would I want to name my crew? Huh. I'm thinking something barefoot. Something, something barefoot. Yeah, the barefoot, the barefoot yokels. Very specific. Yeah, that'd get people to underestimate you. What about like the barefoot grapes? The barefoot warrior. The barefoot grape smashers. Yeah, I like that. The barefoot grape smashers. Make a lot of wine. Yep. Because I whine a lot. There we go. I'm the barefoot grape smashers because I whine a lot. And then every every member of your crew has like a specialty wine. Like this is the... <laughs> the, the I know so much about wine. Uh, Pinot Grigio. So, yeah, this is the Sauvignon Blanc guy. And then, yeah. <laughs> the Sauv Blanc. This is the, the Shiraz. This is the Shiraz guy. This is the, the um, Chardonnay. <laughs> Great. All right. So the low rollers and the barefoot uh, wine smashes, grapes, grape, grape crushes. I think grape crushes. Grape crushes. Yeah. All right. Uh, thanks, Doug, but not that Doug. Uh, so coming again from Instagram, we've got Dex check failed. Um, who was asked? Are the devil fruits a curse? And what would your power be if you ate one? Huh. Uh, well, apparently mine would just be to like create wine when I'd be just Jesus. I'm just creating wine everywhere. I think um, mine would be I could like manipulate games of chance, but I could only do it to like get bad results. Oh yeah. So like, well, I that's easy. Manipulate. I could manipulate my hand in like poker, but I would it would never be a good hand, right? I could never give myself a good hand. I could only give myself a bad hand. Like. Well, that's easy enough to still win because you get like somebody else <laughs> to play with you. Yeah. 
and give yourself a bad hand and then it's like oh i lost again i guess you gotta take everyone's money i would you know what i would love it if i could eat a devil fruit and whenever i walked into a room like the most appropriate song for my life at that moment would come on like i've got my own theme music wherever i go they were pretty good, actually. They were pretty cool, it's right? Like, um, it does kind of. It's not really related, but we should. You should watch JoJo if you haven't watched JoJo. To JoJo's Bizarre like, Adventure. Yeah, they have all sorts of wacky powers and things like that. And one of them is like a. It's like an onomatopoeia power, basically, where you like. Oh he, my like, god. Slaps a word onto like an object or a whatever, and then yeah, oh. kind of. It's very fun. I mean, I like crazy, wacky, happy, fun time in my in my anime. I'm not sure if I like JoJo. It just feels a little bit too fucking gonzo, to quote uh, Ben Burn from Ghostfire Gaming. How much JoJo have you watched? I've seen like two episodes. Nah, you need to give it a chance. Depends on. Yeah, I guess. This was the first season, as far as I was Uh, aware. The first season's first season's trash. Is that the one with? Are they vampires? Is this a thing that I was? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll rewatch it. Yeah. Um, So what about? Okay. Which I can just do because apparently the seasons don't matter and all the points are made up. Um, yeah, pretty much. But our, okay, our Devil Fruit's a curse. I mean, so it, far the only weakness is like the salt water, but then it's not. Hmm. What did we discover? Like it makes them weak. They just they're heavy and they sink and they drown. That's right. I guess that's that's pretty bad. That's that's only bad if you're. <laughs> Well, not really, because they are on a, a world where it seems to be 99% water. I guess that's the other thing about, yeah. I mean, Earth is like 75% water, but it's like, there's a lot of yeah. dry land, you know? like. But apparently not in this place. Maybe it's an even bigger world, and there's less land. I guess that kind of makes, it raises like an interesting point in terms of like, in our world, I'd say that the devil fruit weakness is not that much of a weakness, right? It's not that much of a curse. Mm. But then within the world of One Piece, because there is so much water, um, it is, I would say it is a curse. How would you, if you were having devil fruits in your game, how would you determine what power they got? Um, is this like a magic item or is this like a start of the game, like character? I think it's, just, I think it's both. It can be both. Like it's a case of they can have eaten the devil fruit and gained a, a class ability or something to make why they're able to do these things or possibly they find it later in the game and they eat it. And it's like, well, what do you give them? Do you already have it planned out or do you just I like roll on a table? Random is fun. Yeah. Like, my initial concern is like power levels, I guess. Cause yeah i'm assuming some powers are just better or worse than others Mm. Um, but i guess you could kind of balance it if you wanted you could add like different detriments instead of just the salt water thing oh for sure more powerful ability but then the detriment is larger as well yeah i definitely do something like like you're able to breathe fire but fire does extra damage no wait you're able to breathe fire but cold does extra damage to you yeah something like that yeah yeah or you're all you're incredible yeah basically like luffy it's like he's able to do these things but he's never allowed to wear a shirt <laughs> he can't wear armor yeah he can't yeah he can never wear armor because it's a, like you you have fire coming off of you, you can never wear armor because it just burns up yeah 
Yeah, I like that. So yeah, I I say make them a curse. Have them as much as possible. Um, all right, thanks, uh, Dex Check. Uh, now this one's coming from Blue Sky again, um, from Attack Pattern Delta. Uh, which villain would you bring directly into your game? Now I'm assuming again this is from One Piece. We're not just like going fucking Darth Vader. Um, we've talked a bit about like the boss fights and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Mihawk. But he's not really a villain, he is looks, he? He looks so cool. Yeah. Just for when he brings out the little knife. It's like, no, no. I'm just going to use this one against you. I would probably bring the karate fish guy. Oh, yeah. Face my fish karate. Yeah. Ooh, that is tempting. I don't know. I feel like you could do that with any character in D&D and just like add, ah, now you face my kobold karate. And it's just yeah. any... <laughs> Any species with it's a monk. Yeah, it's, it's um, the karate guy. Do you ever meet, like, sometimes people in real life and you're like, they're just, like, such a character. You're like, you'd be such a great NPC. Um, I had Yes, all the time. I usually ask them on the podcast. Yeah. Um, I Burn! My old... I'm just going to shoot past that. Uh, <laughs> I had, like, a mechanic for a little while who, like... I say a little while. I went to him, like, twice because I was like, this is too much. Um, but like, I remember we were making small talk and I mentioned about how like I'm studying teaching and stuff and then he made, cause like I'm a shorter guy and then he made like a comment about that, about like me being small compared to the size of students, you're like, like oh, oh yeah, you're getting big these days, you know, and it's like, and like, you know, no, no disrespect mate, but you're, you're a small guy, I don't know if you'd be able to handle, you know, what happens if a kid comes at you, how are you going to handle that? Like me, you know, me, I've got 35 years of karate experience, so I... Yep. I'd be able to take <laughs> yep. it. And he just kept, and I just remember there were like multiple instances where he kept bringing up this very specific 35 years of karate experience. I'm like, uh, <laughs> He's I, very I, proud I, of I it. Just, I'm just here for a checkout. Like, just please f- refill my oil and change my <laughs> oil. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can see why, um, why you only went twice. Yeah. I, those kind of characters in real life. It's always that one little bit of the element of the 35 years karate experience, me. Um, I do that when I'm talking about... I studied film for six years, you know, and... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's easy to like, exaggerate. When you want to, like, create a, a strong, like, impressionable... When you want your character, your NPC, to, like, create a strong impression, just give them, like, oh, yeah. one distinct thing to really kind of hammer home and bring back to all the time, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Because people really do that. And that's what, what people remember. I try to have two or three things, this but most story. of the time. Yeah, this is a, even just saying that or at the end of each thing, it's like, this is a true story. This is a true story. Yeah, exactly. And you, you got do that and you've got Usopp. Like, you've got someone who's like, and there I was, Captain Usopp, surrounded by five, no, six guys. And it's like, it's literally like, tell. Like yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So anyway, I I think I'd take Mihawk uh, over. Yeah. I'd definitely make him a Dracula. Would you make him um, like how bad? Bad would you make him? Um. The thing is, the the party's gonna love him, right? Like they're gonna wanna. I would uh, make him ad- as not adopt him, but they'd wanna like turn become an evil party just so they could join him. Like. No, I wouldn't have that. I think he'd be a he'd be a Dracula, as I said, but he'd be like a bounty hunter. And you'd just be after the party, like just slowly following along after them, clearing up some of the messes they get into, just following along until he's like, cool, I'm going to have to bring you in and beat the living shit out of them, bring them in. It's like they just wanted for like 
I don't know, unpaid parking fines or something. But then he's like, all right, cool. No hurt feelings. I'm out of here. So he wouldn't be like a full-on eat final game villain. Yeah. He'd just be like that that albatross around their neck that they get along with. And he's like, you know what? I don't have space in the cart this week. So um, we're going to put a pit in this and we're going to come back when uh, I've got rid of these other guys and then I'll bring you in, okay? Yeah, and he's a gentleman. So like everyone's... Yeah. Yeah. He, he respects them. It's just, I'm just doing the job, guys. So yeah. that's that's... That's Mihawk, in my opinion. Uh, so now you got to come up with one. I'm you can't, can you? A, I thought yeah. the karate guy, the fish karate guy. Oh, fish, fish karate guy, that's right. You did too. Sorry, my bad, my bad. Uh, so there you go, Attack Pad and Donna. Um, and now this one is an email that's come in from Podcast Upload Support, uh, which says, have you tried formatting the file differently? Um, make it an MP3 and see if that works. Um, in addition, what is the one piece, in your opinion? So like, yes, uh, podcast real. upload support. Yeah, is the one piece real? Um, firstly, I have tried uh, changing the formatting, and yes, it did work. Um, so thanks for that. And I still think the one piece is the friendship they make along the way. Boo! I know. Well, it feels like that's what it's building to. Does it? Like it's I, been building for a long time. <laughs> I no. I think I think it is because. I discovered something that Gold Roger, uh, in the in the anime and manga, his name is Gold D Roger, um, not just Gold Roger. I reckon he was such a punk, like anti-establishment person, that he made up this legend of the One Piece and all this treasure to get everyone out to go and be a pirate. So One Piece is that one piece of freedom you get when you're out on the ocean. Mm, I don't like that. Boo. Yeah, I know. That's because you're that's because you're a ninja who follows all the rules. I want it to be like a, a, a bullet. The one you want it to be a bullet. Yeah, that's all the right. Piece that's missing. It's like a I mean, I'd love it if it was a warship too. That'd be cool. And you gotta like shoot it at a certain place and something, and then it shows you the treasure. Oh yeah, that's cool. I like that. And then that's kind of cool. What if you you get one you get one shot and you gotta make the shot count? You know. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Mum spaghetti type. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> all right i like that too that's cool too the one piece the one one piece of i feel like it should be one piece of sure or maybe it's just like one piece of treasure that leads you to all the other treasure like you get one coin and it attracts more gold so rather than you like always rolling low while you've got this coin you always roll high and it doesn't matter. Like, obviously, as you get more and more money, more people are going to rob you and you can, like, do whatever you yeah. want. But as long as you've got this one coin, it's Scrooge McDuck's lucky dime. Yep, I just, yep, like that's a, what I think it like is. Duplication thing where, like, anything the coin touches, you can create, like, a copy of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely not ripe for abuse. But you can only do, like, once per day or something, right? I'd say once per year. Once per year? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't make this, like, a thing in the game. Well, actually, maybe I would. I'd make it something that the party sent after to go and get for, like, a ruler There's or something. so much downtime in that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, what do you guys want to do? We want to sit around and wait for a year. Look, Afeep, not everything is for the party, all right? <laughs> like, they can sit around for a year, but maybe they're doing other stuff, and they've got to think that year of what they're going to use it for. 
They just get like my games. They're just like, yeah, I want like a really safe career while we're just sitting on this magic treasure coin. Oh no, no, it's um in real life year. It's not not in game year. Um, same thing. Honestly, it's like yeah, I want a really safe job. <laughs> oh, um, okay. And our last question that we have. Uh, this is pi to eighty-five digits. Um, this one is. It doesn't seem like there is any magic in this universe, save for what is granted by the Devil Fruit. Would you have a fantasy world that removes magic entirely? Um, what makes it fantasy then? Pirates? Fish people? <laughs> okay, so it's more like... I guess it's more like... I guess in a way that's... Uh, I guess how you define magic. Are you talking about like a magic system or... Yeah, I think a, well, I think a magic system would still like you could remove all the spellcasting classes in D and D and still have a game. Well, I guess it depends on what they're kind of implying with the question. I guess by by removing magic, like, are you removing fantastical beasts? Are you removing magic items? Just the spells? Like, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna jump into Pi to eighty five digits head here because I'm definitely certain they're a real person who asked this real question. Um, I think they're just saying removing the spell casting abilities. Like yeah, magic still exists, but the party doesn't have access. Or there aren't people who use spells. There's just it sure. exists like as a as a It's like a natural force, you know, like it's yeah. What what if we said it's just like One Piece in the same sort of style? Like there's this fruit that gives you superpowers. Sure. Um yeah, I'm down for that. I, I personally am a big fan of kind of low magic settings and stuff mm. like that um but it's a style i think it's just a, a preferential kind of stylistic thing i don't think there's a wrong or right answer so so you would do it oh absolutely 100 percent. yeah yeah I, i'd like that as well i mean i love eberron i say so sometimes i think if i could get rid of these class this class or this race entirely phrasing in if i could get rid of this ancestry in D D entirely oh. <laughs> uh if i could get well i've had a, i've had worlds that i've built where it's like well no elves dwarves no nah, they're gone just don't want them yeah yeah and and sorcerers no nah, they don't exist you got to learn every if you want to cast spells you got to do it from a book i guess the other thing is it it depends on the world but i guess it depends on how in depth the magic system of the world is and how much they mm. kind of explain and stuff because then that gives you kind of leeway to play around and stuff and then you can explain why things do or don't exist and all that sort of stuff and do you think like nuance there yeah do you think the balance in D gets broken if you remove a class entirely uh i don't think so no i wouldn't either i don't think anyone's like specialized enough where you know their kind of role within a party because you, you know like a wizard is a arcane spell cast and there are other classes that can cast that are can yeah arcane, what, you know. what if you remove clerics you got paladins okay so there's still some sort of deity or belief there's still healing yeah. magic yeah what if you removed any sort of healing magic like all the other magic's still there but healing Ooh. magic is gone that's that's pretty fun honestly i like that i like yeah. that kind of like selective removal of stuff as well um, yeah q wings just of, doesn't like, fucking exist resurrection is like a really yeah that's pretty fun if you just get rid of i think that's a pretty common one yeah to yeah. get rid of resurrection magic or make it harder or 
Yeah. yeah, and it is kind of like, it's one of those like kind of world-breaking things. Everyone kind of like just writes it off a little bit. Like, let's not talk about why, you know. For the party, it's obviously so easy to just bring people back from the dead. Um, that is one thing I do. Yeah. Of, of I like, really, what happens I, in the world of D&D. Yeah. What I really liked about the D&D movie, um, partly was that trying to bring someone back from the dead was such a big deal that most of the plot revolved around it. And... Yeah. Secondly, I like what Ghostfire Gaming does, where it's like, well, I say Ghostfire Gaming and Grim Hollow in particular, but it's really just Ben Byrne from Ghostfire Gaming and his games. Yeah, not sponsored. <laughs> Hashtag not sponsored is going to be my the name of my uh, cover band. Um, Maybe a pirate crew. Yeah, there we go. Oh, even better. That's a good, that's a good one. The na- that's a great one. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> I'm stealing it now. That's the name of them. Uh, we're no longer the Barefoot Wine Crushers. Um, anyway, he, that... If you come back from the dead, people see you as a monster. Like, it doesn't matter that you're walking around exactly the same as you were before. You're like, no, you're like a zombie or something. You're not meant to be anymore. You clearly came back wrong because now you're off doing adventuring stuff. Like, I yeah, like yeah. that idea, honestly. Um, oh. Mainly because I have a, a feeling when my characters die, they're dead. I recently had a character die. Yeah, and, it, and it, it, that's... There's a lot of reasons why I, I, I kind of like it. adds the stakes to it, you know, and it's... Again, it's like a start... I can understand the flip side, obviously, when it can, it can really, really hurt if your character dies. And mm. um, especially because, you know, some people play D&D to fulfill that heroic fantasy, right? And you're so used to... In movies and books and things like that, you're so used to the hero winning all the time. And then... Yeah. Uh, that doesn't happen. And they just die, and you're like, oh... Oh, this feels <laughs> awful. You know, this feels terrible. Well, I, I think it's one of those cases where if you feel that the story is complete, you can, you can step away from it. Like this is something that a lot of people have. There's been studies on this where, particularly in fiction, if someone returns to the story later on and says, "And this is what happened later," and then the adventure continued, people get really mad about it. They want an epilogue that explains, and they lived for 50 years and then they died. And now the story is complete. And this is what happens in series finales of shows as well. That if the characters don't die, if the characters don't get, if you don't see how their their story ends, if it's just, say, Seinfeld, where it's just a clip show, people get upset. Yeah. Because it's like, that's a weak ending, is the, is the phrase. And... I think having a, had a character just die, I was okay with it. I didn't, the dungeon master came to me later and said, Hey, look, if we're in a, a grim dark setting, but there are ways to bring him back if you want. I'm like, no, his story's over. Like it was always going to be over when he died. And it might've been over sooner for us if he achieved his goals and he didn't do that. So he's just a tragedy. And yeah, I'll pick a new character to play. thing as well. That's like, I can understand, again, I can understand why some people maybe aren't super comfortable with it, but I think it's one of the strengths of D&D as a storytelling mm. medium, especially in contrast to pretty much every other one, um, yeah. where that death kind of has meaning as well. Um, yeah. That's Interesting. Anyway, um, that's pretty much all the questions that we've had. Uh, thank you so much for everyone who wrote in. Uh, send them through to dndntvpod or uh, gmail.com or come over to dndntvpod on Instagram. Uh, we don't have one on Blue Sky yet, but I'm there at Talaman, 
dot blue sky dot whatever it is. Um, but there is one final question that um, we're going to get into discuss. Thief, would you run a game in the One Piece world? Absolutely not. <laughs> it's way too wacky for you. There's just there's too much existing law where I'm like, oh, oh right, I can't read up on this. You know, I can't prep for this. But isn't there like this all this history where you could just go, yeah, you're in this place and it's 500 years before the series? Uh, honestly, that's probably the the way to go. That sounds like a great way to go because it's like a big enough planet that you can just go yeah this is just a something that was going on there and here's a village or it's like 600 years after the series that's true as well i always like putting stuff in the future because then they can be like oh look here's the hat and it's just been eaten by moths this is the hat he used to wear everyone or you get to hear about the straw hat pirates and it's like yeah because they're someone's taken the wrong message from it and is now slaughtering everyone and you got to convince them of the the good nature of, of it all i don't know uh but yeah i totally would i would definitely i love this world just that um all these little islands and the ships and the yeah it's cool i need a map i need a map of that whole world everyone needs a map everyone wants a map um so that was christmas map get him a map honestly not a bad idea like, there's a lot of great artists out there that do, like, your local area or your local state in, like, a Tolkien-esque map. And it's like, that looks really fucking cool. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Or even just a map of your house that's color-coded. That'd be fun, too. A battle map of your house. Yeah, a battle map of your house! Oh my god, that'd be amazing! That should you put that on, like, real estate listings. Instead of, like, yeah. Just have a battle map. I always thought that they should have a note on the um, the real estate listings of this is how useful this house would be in a zombie apocalypse. Because <laughs> even if it's... Yeah. Even if it's low, it's like, well, some people are going to be like, well, good, because zombies don't actually exist. And other people are like, uh... But it's okay, because I can fix it up. I know how to, I know how to develop it. Someday we'll actually have that as a real thing. Um, anyway, uh, thank you all for listening to us waffle on for another series of D&D and TVP. <laughs> I nearly, I, yeah, nearly went through the whole thing, but that's fine. D&D and TV. Um, come back. We're going to take a week off uh, so I can stretch and breathe and think about my life choices. Uh, but then we're going to come back with new ghost, a new, ge- new guest ghost, um, new guest, uh, Danny Calamari, who's going to be coming and talking with us about Echo on Disney+. Plus. So very exciting. Make sure you watch it on Disney Plus. Hashtag not sponsored. Um, We are not sponsored, but we are brought to you by Masters of Alchemy, the premier game mastering service in Melbourne. You can find the website mastersofalchemy.au, all one word, where you can book us for games. That's Afif and myself. Um, You can also find listings for the mini campaigns at Fortress Emporium and the Sunday sessions at Fortress Emporium as well. Uh, which is great for beginners and interim. Uh, I believe there's Queens of the Quest starting up as well, which is going to be great for female and female presenting peoples um, just to get you into D&D and hopefully a whole bunch of other games to go forward too. I don't think I've left anything out. The one thing I haven't mentioned yet is that you would really appreciate, I would really appreciate it if you share, liked and subscribed this podcast, tell your friends about it. 
Um, if anyone really liked One Piece and really likes D&D, hit them on, give them a link for the podcast. Uh, gets the download numbers up. You can leave a rating and review in the app as well. You know what? I really should start like alternating. Like I say this bit. Guess says this bit because that way Afif just doesn't turn his mic off as soon as um as soon as I start going on yeah, like this. Professional. You are, I know, but people are tired of my voice. They hear it all the time. They want to hear my my guests. People love the guests. So many emails. Look, this one this one just wrote in directly about you, but I'll tell you about that one off air. Um, so uh, until next time, stay safe, be kind to yourselves, make all your hits be crits, and we're going to be the king of the podcasts. This podcast is recorded on the traditional lands of the Wurundjeri people. Always was, always will be. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging.